0: Time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci fi fans Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Mr. Mulligan, a rather dour critic of his times, is shortly to discover the import of that old phrase, out of the frying pan into the fire. Said fire burning brightly at all times in The Twilight Zone.
1: Episode number seventy-eight, Sean. I believe we're more than halfway through this thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Again, the longest commitment I've ever made in my entire <laughs> life.
1: Well, it's amazing what happens when uh, it, it's just uh, two two people doing it for for fun, and and so uh, exactly. So <laughs> it's funny how that works, and um, so it, this is is one that. Um, you know, so so you're you're very famously on record as saying you don't like the goofy episodes.
0: Oh man, I wish you could have seen my face the first seven minutes of this damn thing.
1: And I mean, th- this is this is like, uh, you know, Rod Serling. I, I this is how I imagine this episode happened. <laughs> like, Rod Serling just wanted to work with Buster Keating, so so he, <laughs> you know, they, they wrote this episode.
0: They, also, you know, um. I have a confession to make, uh, and I need you to be nice because I'm going to be very vulnerable, Keith. Uh,
1: you, William I did Jack not know.
0: So. I I did not know that was Buster Keaton.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'm actually going to give you a pass on that one <laughs> because you know, like nobody knows Buster Keaton from when he was old. No, you no, know, because he passed away in I think like the mid to late 60s, so this is about. This is about five years before he, uh, before he passed away. Um, so I, crazy. I, I, I haven't looked at his IMDB page, but, uh, I can't imagine he had worked all that much.
0: Yeah. passed away in 66. In if you were to give me like an, four names, like William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Buster Keaton, and like, I don't know, George W. Bush, um, or Ronald Reagan, let's say, um, you know, pick the person who is not in a Twilight Zone ep- episode. I would pick Buster Keaton.
1: You know what? I stand corrected. I just looked at his IMDb page, and that dude kept working right up until the end.
0: Hey, man. Like, good for I,
1: him. I as soon as movies started talking, he was done. But, uh, you know, much like uh, Charlie Chaplin, he actually, like, he, he kept working for, like, up until the time that he uh, that he died. So, it, Yeah. I, I always thought of him as just like a silent film guy. It turned, he, he just, you know, he just made other, uh, other, did other things. And, and uh,
0: it's, it's really remarkable. I, I still, uh, I still remember in film class in college, uh, watching the general and like thinking it's a genuinely funny movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- that's probably the one that he's, he's most famous for.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I, um, Yeah. But but that, that's actually amazing to me that uh, you know I look and there's like you know in in the five years between when this episode aired and when he passed away there's like 20 credits so he he le- legitimately kept working you know, that's not only nuts. after silent films were done but he, he kept working right up until the end yeah so good for him so I guess Buster Keaton didn't actually like really need the uh, need the money or anything like that it
0: <laughs> in it for the work? love of the game.
1: He did. So this episode uh, centers around uh, Woodrow Mulligan, which, by the way, is just a, an amazing name. 1890 uh, name. If uh, Misty and I ever have a child, I think I'm, I might consider naming him uh, Woodrow Mulligan Conrad.
0: It's a good one. Uh, I mean, I think you have to own like a coal mine if that's your name. I think it's the I mean, law. It seems
1: like it. Yeah, that, that seems reasonable. So, <laughs> some sort of, not even coal. It's got to be something like really obscure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not 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 even copper. Like, no. I, I, a silver mine sounds more like a. Yeah, mine.
0: definitely. Mr. Mulligan's mine.
1: And he keeps getting chances to start over again, which is funner. <sighs> see, see what I did there?
0: Yeah, it was good. It was good. His nice last
1: work, day, Mulligan Sean. See, see
0: what I did? Is <laughs> a bad oh, golfer God. that one.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, so Mulligan is uh, upset with life in, uh, in 1890, <clears throat> which is uh, uh, where we uh, first run into him. And he is um, – it, it's a silent movie when, when we're in 1890.
0: Uh, I felt like well, years. It's,
1: yeah, it, it's a little like, – I, I think in 1961 when this uh, episode aired, I think if you were watching it, you could be forgiven if like before Rod Sterling shows up. Uh, You did not know that this is a Twilight Zone episode. You thought that it did one hundred
0: percent. Yeah, no, absolutely, it is, and that's I think why I was just um, clenching my fists in rage. Um, I (laughs) was not not a fan of the first seven minutes, Um, but you know what? The the episode kind of picks up. You know, Uh, I actually kind of thought some things were funny. Um, Haven't heard a good stop in the name of the law um, in a while, uh, which the cop says to Mulligan.
1: Uh, I mean, by the way, uh, since we're in 1890, you know there's people running around on uh, penny farthing bikes, which, which sounds like it sounds like a really bad uh, TV dub of someone swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's like they, they Put in, uh, in instead of uh, you know for Samuel Samuel L. Jackson in, in Snakes on a Plane. You know, <laughs> The, the TV edit of Snakes on a Plane famously used to say, uh, I, I'm tired of these uh, monkey-fighting snakes on the." That's plane. right. Uh, I, I think I could see penny-farthing being something that, that would throw in there. I, I'm tired of these penny-farthing snakes on
0: the <laughs> Or Bruce Willis could you know, say, yippee kai yay penny-farthings.
1: Yeah, see, that would, that would work too. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It seems to work fine by that.
0: We um, have I've the best thought, ideas.
1: I've always wondered uh, – like were those ever actually a thing, or were those always a novelty? I'm I right. assuming they had to be a novelty.
0: There's no, there's just. I mean, I understand that you know you, you trial and error on any invention. You know, you find like it doesn't work, you improve it. I can't imagine like that's that giant wheel is anything more than a novelty. There's no point.
1: Yeah, I mean, who thought who like <laughs> when you're when you're sitting around saying, okay, we need a new way to get people around. And you say, okay, let's have a, a device with two wheels that you, you, you know. you, you
0: yeah, yeah with you so far. Uh, same, the wheels are going to be the same size, right?
1: Yeah. Like, like who says, no, 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 we're not going to have the wheels <laughs> the same size. One is going to be the size of a, of, a, of a bear and the other is <laughs> going to be, uh, you know, tiny. And that's how we're going to get around.
0: The penny farthing was the first machine to be called a bicycle. It was popular in the 1870s, 1880s with its large front wheel providing high speeds, owing it, owing to it, traveling a large distance for every rotation and comfort. The large wheel provides greater it's shock absorption.
1: How, how are you even getting on that thing?
0: I don't You need to like a running start or something.
1: Yeah. Like you need a couple people holding it and then you get a running <laughs> start and, you leap and hope you land on it. And it was the 1880s, so if you if you like, overshot and, and fell, you'd be dead because you'd get an infection <laughs> and, and die within a week, you know, before they had vaccines. <laughs> okay. we, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole.
0: Oh, man. Uh, if it helps cleanse your palate, I will say that, uh, uh, man, I'm just interested in bicycle Wikipedia now. The Bone Shaker is the name used for the first type of a true bicycle with pedals. Now that is awesome.
1: I, you know, if I have uh, so when uh, when my wife Misty and I uh, move to Mackinac Island in Michigan, where there's no cars and everybody w- rides bikes, uh, I'm going to have a my bike is that, that's going to be the name of the bike,
0: <laughs> the Bone Shaker, <laughs> the Bone Shaker. Just going to be like uh, you know riding around town, causing like very small levels of terror.
1: Yes, <laughs> mild inconvenience for people. Uh so, so this guy, you know, he's he's disgusted by the fact that the uh, the U.S. government only has an eight million dollar surplus. Can't believe it. Uh, just terrible. Uh, meat is seventeen cents, and I and I think he, I think the the like card that shows up says, you know what do they think we are millionaires? <laughs> that cut of meat.
0: A lady's hat is two dollars, which is uh, or one ninety five, I guess.
1: Which, which, by the way, uh, you know, we we do this a lot. Let's, uh, let's. uh, Oh yeah, good call. Didn't even think of this. Ninety dollars to today, Uh, and and let's find out how much two dollars would actually be. Um, I, um, I'm bet, I'm betting it's 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 pretty good.
0: (laughs) Um, For some reason, I feel like a cut of meat should be. Like a steak in a lady's hat, I don't think a lady's hat should be that much more expensive. That's like eight times as expensive.
1: So two dollars in eighteen ninety is sixty dollars and twelve cents today. Which I mean, you know, that actually kind of makes it's pretty on point. sense because you know, back in back in those days, um, people took their hats very seriously, and this actually sort of explains why. Because if they had to pay sixty bucks for it, I mean, that that's that's not cheap. That's like uh, half of a half of a. Uh, you know, like one Air Jordan. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a pair. It's one, but still. Um, uh, seventeen cents. cents. Let's let's check it.
0: Out. It, it seems like I'm a cheap steak.
1: Cents. Yeah, that that's actually not not bad for a steak. So I, I don't know what uh, what Mulligan is complaining about.
0: <laughs> He's just a cheapskate.
1: Uh, apparently so. And uh, going to the sixties is not going to help him for that. No.
0: But,
1: uh, so he, uh, he works for a scientician uh, who has invented a time helmet. And uh, because of the fact that he's so disgusted by the fact that there's only an $8 million surplus <laughs> and uh, stakes are five bucks, he decides he's going to go to the future, and he does. And uh, he goes to, to 1960, and uh, uh, he's, he's very surprised by the fact that uh, the, the price situation has not improved in you know what is it 70 years which it's funny because you know now it's a, it's a million times worse
0: it, it it always like makes you know i guess it's just the uh um just by virtue of inflation and everything but i mean when we're old god willing um are we going to like tell the youngins like oh in my day you know like uh a steak was only fourteen dollars or whatever. It's like you know, do do old Japanese men tell their grandkids like in my day a steak was only sixteen trillion yen?
1: Ah, uh, I don't know, but uh, I, I uh, you know, J- Japanese uh, old old men are you know saying, hey, back in back in my day we were you know fighting in a war and didn't have any food at all. So
0: that's true, yeah. and being represented uh, by stereotypes on the Twilight Zone.
1: He, that, that's a that's a story for another day literally <laughs> yeah. uh, so he meets uh, Rollo uh, who is he, he also claims to be a scientist yeah and uh, I love Rollo like like I, I don't know what what about him but he, he's just a, a fantastic character to me
0: <laughs> he, he definitely um he had that I don't know if it was a 60s uh, 60s voice it sounded more of like a 30s or 40s voice like oh my boy like that was uh whatever he was doing he was doing it right but i don't know if it was a, a 60s well he voice.
1: actually reminds me of uh, frank nelson which uh, i don't know how familiar you are with frank nelson uh sean but uh th- this can be our obligatory uh simpsons reference oh yes for, uh for the week uh frank nelson is,
0: oh this is the yeah this is the guy
1: yeah it's it's yeah (laughs) Yeah. the the guy in the simpsons that goes yes is supposed to be frank nelson um and uh so that's who he reminded me of as a matter of fact i think in in when i was when i was watching this i was actually expecting him to be the guy that showed up for.
0: that would have been great he He should be in every episode really (laughs)
1: He, he really should well i mean those was, was sort of what, what frank nelson was was famous for for a, a long time i mean it was mostly frank benny where he would just show up in, in everything
0: yeah um,
1: you know, i didn't know apparently in, he was in, in some mcdonald's commercials. commercials yeah um you know they walk into a department store he's the guy they they go to a travel agency he's the guy you know like any any store frank benny walks in he's, he's the guy. <laughs> uh and, and it's basically the the role that uh that yes guy plays in the Simpsons too.
0: Um, I legitimately laughed when uh, the guy in the car driving past uh, Mulligan just snatched the the time helmet off his head. <laughs> I don't know why it was, it was well done. It was funny.
1: Yeah. I, I like, like, it seems like there, there's all sorts of things that they could have done to, to have him uh, to, to have the time helmet get broken. But, but yeah, that was that, <laughs> was that was interesting. Like, I wonder what that was like when they were directing it. <laughs> also script.
0: if this was a it's a good thing that like that hat wasn't repurposed for like you know they repurposed like a newspaper in two different episodes or something in the first season of Twilight Zone um, it's a good thing they didn't have to repurpose this hat for like a, a dramatic episode because it just would not fit in
1: no I, I think this was definitely a one use hat
0: <laughs> those little firecrackers on the sides
1: yeah um, I, I, I wondered. You know, I, I one day that's going to go up for auction somewhere, and it oh sure, like, like twenty million dollars for for this. God. That, they probably whipped together in like five minutes, just with whatever they had yeah. in the prop
0: shop. Insane, worth yeah, it though. I, it
1: it really is, and what what's funny is it, it's exactly what you would expect for a, a time machine from the eighteen nineties. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like one dial that says a year, and you. <laughs> Sparklers on your head start and you just go, go it whisks you away. Yeah. which I mean, really, it's not that different from Doc Brown's time machine. No, you know, it right. really isn't. You, in that one, you just input the the, the time and and you you drive eighty eight miles an hour and 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 off you go. So it's 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 not really that preposterous.
0: It would be. Um, I don't know what year. Back to the Future Three takes place in, but it would be pretty funny if uh, somehow um, there was a reference to this episode in Back to the Future Three when they go back to the Old West.
1: Oh, that's a good question. I know uh, I I can tell you off the top of my head that it's supposed to be eighteen eighty
0: five. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because nineteen eighty five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's in nineteen
1: fifty five, and then eighteen eighty five, and then yeah, and then and then back to. Back to, uh, to, to good old 1985,
0: man. I was really waiting for you to say the future
1: <laughs> back to the future of 1985.
0: <laughs> oh um, gosh. Um, if about, you were,
1: I, I don't know what, uh, Stanley Adams, uh, you know, uh, what, what his, his, uh, his background was like as, as an actor, um, it looks like he was just sort of a bit player in uh, in a few things. Although he did play football, that was kind of cool.
0: Oh, man, look, he he was in. Uh, oh,
1: oh no, I'm sorry, different Stanley Adams. <laughs> he oh, was in a couple Star, Star Trek, Trek,
0: Trek, Trek episodes. Looks yet, like St-
1: Stanley Adams may have at one point played football in his uh, in his life, but uh, th- that's not uh, that's not what he's famous for. Uh, he was in Breakfast at Tiffany's, though. That's kind of cool. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah, he was he was in Star Trek. He wasn't Harry Mudd, was he? Because that's the only thing I can think of. Is, he
0: was uh, in uh, apparently tr- uh, trials and tribulations, and more I troubles, more tribulations.
1: Okay, yeah, he was—he was, was that guy, um,
0: C- Cyrano Jones.
1: Yeah, which which means he was actually on uh, uh, Deep Space Nine too, right?
0: Oh man, yeah.
1: I mean, not not himself. I mean, like you have footage of it. Footage of it. But. Uh, yeah, so okay, apparently uh, Stanley Adams has a richer career than I gave him credit for.
0: <laughs> um, um, so did he – did Mulligan choose to go to 1961 or he put the hat on and, it, and the, the hat just picked for him?
1: Uh, oh, that's a, that's a detail I didn't really catch because you, you never really see that much detail. So I'm guessing he just put it on saying it would go to the future and yeah. uh, in, in 1960. Uh, you know – it, it, it's funny though because immediately he wants to go back home but rollo it turns out uh is a historian who is a scientist and a historian and uh, wants to go back to the 1890s himself so he helps uh he, he helps mulligan get a mulligan and, and go back <laughs> to his uh his home uh but they basically just take it to a repairman and say, here, repair this. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's the Twilight Zone, and the, the story needed it, and they only had 22 minutes.
0: And um, repairmen in uh, the 60s, notoriously <laughs> good at what they do. You can bring them anything, yeah. they'll fix it.
1: Yeah, and now we don't repair anything, we just we just toss it.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: So repairmen aren't repairing anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So they go, uh, he he goes exploring 1960 a little bit and, you know, at one point he's he's pantsless um, and uh, they do a a cool thing to sort of steal a a pair of pants, which uh, you shouldn't do, but but they they make it work.
0: I legitimately like this episode. (laughs) I hated the first seven minutes, but man, it was, I, I legitimately laughed like several times at this. I thought it was a great, good one.
1: Yeah, uh, Stanley Adams and uh, Buster Keaton were were really good together, and um, you know they they uh, they eventually they, they get him some pants, and uh, and eventually the the tinkerer does eventually uh, fix the time machine, but Rolo decides that he's just going to steal it, and it's I, the thing that really made me laugh. If it's it, it's like the slowest uh, the slowest robbery in history. Because he basically takes <laughs> yeah. the helmet off of him and just says, "Aha! I'm going to the past instead of you, and I'm going to do it in three minutes."
0: <laughs> it's um, it's really something. Uh, I just, I, I just enjoyed, uh, you know, two thirds of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Rolo, uh, you know, he wants to, he wants to go back. So he's, uh, you know, Mulligan's trying to convince him. Hey, you know, we can. We can go back together, but Rolo's not uh, not hearing of it and runs away. But eventually, that's exactly what happens. Uh, Mulligan jumps on Rolo right as the uh, right as the, the timer thing is about to go off and the sparklers start, and um, uh, they both go back to 1890. Uh, Mulligan likes it now, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Rolo does not like it. It's it, it's like when. Uh, Kirk and Spock went back to, uh, you know, what, the 1930s and, and yeah. Spock was complaining about the lack of technology. That That's basically what happens with Rolo. Um, so, I guess, uh, you know, the message is just
0: uh, the grass is always greener, right?
1: Yeah. What, what's, what's really funny to me is the fact that Rolo is griping about how much he hates 1890, yeah. but he hasn't thought to, like, just go back home. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Mulligan... Uh, he says, "Wow, this guy is worse than uh, my mother-in-law," which is funny because <laughs> Mulligan had a wife that he just ditched at the at the beginning of the story.
0: Well, so I was going to ask, like, it would be really funny if Rolo like had a like three kids and a wife that he loved, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll go back to 1890." <laughs> oh, that yeah, I mean,
1: apparently, you know, since Mulligan says this guy sounds worse than my mother-in-law, that's apparently what Mulligan did. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, these snakes are seventeen cents. I'm out of here. You, you kids, take care of yourselves. Cheapskate. And I'm like, um, unlike the guy in hundred yards over the rim, he doesn't even you know like oh, break man. out an encyclopedia to find out what his kids did. He <laughs> he, he's just concerned that the prices are are more expensive in 1960. <laughs> Uh, So he he sets the helmet for 1960 and sends Rolo back to, uh, to presumably live happily ever after in the, in the 1960s. Um, uh, I'm not sure what, what takeaways we have from this story. Other than, as as you said, the, the grass is not always greener in a different time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Is there a, is there a decade that you would want, time hat to take you to, or did you learn the lesson of this episode?
1: Uh, I think I learned the lesson of this episode. If anything, I might want to go forward and see how some things work out. You know, sure. that, that like, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's a pretty good bet that, that Sean, I, I think it's a pretty good bet that, that you and I are probably going to be, uh, have our brains put in robot bodies and live forever. Man, I so hope. it may not be an issue. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, you know, if I could put the time hat on and I, like I I knew like, okay, you can go forward in time for like 100 years, just sit at a computer and, you know, look up a bunch of things to see how they work out and then go back.
0: Yeah, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like that. I wouldn't want to be stuck 100 years in the future. Uh, but but I'd, I'd like to go forward and just, you know, not from like a, a Biff Tannen I'm going to learn how the next, like, 20 World Series work out. That was my weeks. next question. <laughs> um, although, I mean, if I could jot down a few things, I, 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 I'd I, certainly consider that, too. I mean, but, I'm
0: sure you could benefit in other ways other than, you know, financially from knowing. Like, hey, you know, if, uh, if the Cubs win game six, then you have to mow my lawn. Uh, there's no way they're going to win Wayne six, game six. All right, we'll see. He's mowing your yeah. front lawn.
1: Yeah, I mean, you never know what, what's going to happen in the future, but, uh, you know, honestly, I think we're living in a pretty good time, uh, you know, massive uh, pandemic notwithstanding. Sure. Uh, you know, because you think about it, like, you know, I'm a big space geek and, uh, you know, probably in the next 30 years we'll have people, you know, living on Mars and things like that. That's pretty cool. I'll be be uh, happy to see that. That's probably going to happen in our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, i I I definitely, you know, there, there isn't a whole lot now where I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely beyond our lifetime. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sad that I can't see how that's going to work out. Um, yeah. What, what, what decade would you want to go to? Oh
0: man, because I've never learned my lesson. Um, gosh, man, that's tough. I've always kind of thought that like the fifties would be cool. Um, you know, uh, awful civil rights uh situation notwithstanding. Um I've always thought that, that that would kind of be my decade. So not too far away from, you know, this time period.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty recognizable, you know. Even though there there would be a lot of uh a lot of things we'd be uh we'd be missing, but you know, you could you could adapt to that pretty well.
0: If I could be like a like Gatsby rich, I wouldn't mind going back to the 20s or the 30s.
1: You know, in, in my novel, Righteous Might, uh, people go people go from the present day back to 1941, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, in this in, in a sequel, you might learn how how they react to that.
0: Oh my gosh, is there a sequel coming?
1: Uh, maybe there is now. I, I, <laughs> uh, all, all inspired by the Time Hat.
0: <laughs> I imagine if the Time Hat and Hypno Toad uh, joined forces, Oh, they'd be unstoppable. To each his own. So goes another old phrase to which Mr. Woodrow Mulligan would heartily subscribe, for he has learned, definitely the hard way, that there is much wisdom in a third old phrase which goes as follows, stay in your own backyard, to which it might be added, and if possible, assist others to stay in theirs, via, of course, the Twilight Zone. Cabotrol?